destroying my team. What the fuck is going on, man? Welcome back to another episode of Year-Round Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Troy. Today, we're going to talk about the top 10. Mike Clay, he came out with his top 10 quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. I'll let you know whether or not I agree with them. We're not going to dive deep into all the analytics and all the uh, stats and shit, but just as a general overview, whether or not I think I like it. And of course, we'll go over the news and notes and all the latest and greatest going on in the NFL. Literally, as I'm about to hit the record button, John Elway hit the retire button. He's no longer the general manager for the Denver Broncos. He dug deep. He went deep into that that capital uh, to fork over for Russell Wilson. He mortgaged the future financially, and then it all hit the fan. And what does he do? He says, fuck it. I'm out. I retire. And he is out of there. But it is kind of fun to make fun of his most recent thing because that Russell Wilson trade, man, Whew, that was hard to watch last year, especially if you drafted like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton or or uh, Williams. It was fucking hard to watch. But he's gone now. But let's let's be honest. He did have one hell of a tenure. From 2011, he went to the playoffs. They were eight and eight that year. 2012, they went 13 and three and lost in the divisional rounds as well. And then he got uh, 2013. This is where they go all the way to the Super Bowl. And man, those Seahawks, that defense was fucking hot. They had Russell Wilson on like a, a rookie contract, so that was cheap. They had weapons galore. Marshawn was stomping, rumbling, tumbling. It was a phenomenal ass whooping. And that's what we remember. But as a fan base, if you are a Denver Bronco, I mean, to go 8-8, eight and eight, 13 and 3, 13 and 3 to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's some good times. Yeah, it didn't turn out the way you wanted, but that's some good football to watch. Uh, the next year, they went uh, uh, 12 and 4 and ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, all good things out of Denver. They had a great five year run, and then it all kind of went to shit. In 2016, they missed the playoffs. They went 9 and 7. Uh, 2017, 5 and 11, missed the playoffs again. 6 and 10, obviously, they're not going to the fucking playoffs at the uh, 6 and 10. This isn't the NFC South. And then you have uh, nine and uh, nine and two, 2019, five and eleven, and that's it, man. He just it just was not great towards the end. They couldn't figure out the quarterback situation when Peyton Manning retired. Uh, that was it. Their his tenure was pretty much over when Peyton Manning retired. His entire tenure was that one signing with Peyton Manning, and he carried them to the playoffs almost every, yeah, every fucking year, and they did well. They got a Super Bowl ring. They had a Super Bowl appearance. So, you know, good good for you, John Elway. Great job. Uh, you're no John Lynch. <laughs> I'm just teasing. At least he got a ring. But John Lynch is not done, and he was hired way after that. So John Lynch has a chance. He's got a chance to beat you, bud. And I think you guys played on similar teams. I know you're both Denver Broncos for a while. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott rumor uh, is he is frustrated with how hard it is to find a team. Well, dude, uh, you're kind of a diva, and you kind of have a bad uh, checkered past with that sexual harassment charge that you had that got you suspended for four to six games, whatever it was, where you're grabbing that poor lady's uh, booby right there in front of everybody on camera. Not good. And let's be honest, your football, you have gotten slow, buddy. You're like Leonard Fournette minus like you know, the big, big frame, like you haven't done a ton. And the only reason why you were good for a long time was they had the best offensive line in football. And now like everybody's afraid of it is you want too much money. And the offensive line that you're going to end up on with the team is nowhere near as good as Dallas probably was. So, you know, be patient, uh, take a vet minimum if you want, dude, or just, you know, go get to Star Wars because you exactly look like an Ewok. So we're going to move on now to the news. Well, more news anyway. 
<clears throat> excuse me, uh, Richie James is now signing with Kansas City. Uh, Richie James was a free agent signing for the uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. He played there for his rookie contract. He did really well. He was a number three. He was a punt returner. He was a solid, uh, um, uh, he was a situational player and had a great time. Uh, now he's with Pat Mahomes and they don't really have a number one. What do they got? Kadarius Toney, who's hurt all the time. Um, other than that, Juju's gone. There's a lot of uh, uh, vacant um, opportunities for receptions in Kansas City, and other than Travis Kelsey, like it's up for grabs. It could be Richie James, it could be Kadarius Tony, uh, it could be that Sky Moore cat. We really don't know. So a lot, a lot of question marks coming out of Kansas City right now. Kyler Murray uh, is finally starting to resume his workouts. Uh, videos going all around the internet of him finally doing some squats. Uh, he's still coming back from that injury. Uh, and, and you know what? He looked like he was doing pretty good. He wasn't just squatting like baby weight. I mean, for being a little dude, he was squatting some decent weight. So I'm happy for him. Anytime a player gets hurt, gets healthy, I'm always a fan. Speaking of hurt, Pat Mahomes is still not 100%. And he's quoted by saying he's not too bothered by the ankle injury. So with that said, they expect him to be ready by camp. They do have an early camp starting on April 17th. It's like a off-season workout thing that they're doing. But the full out uh, on the field will be May 22nd. He's expected to be healthy. Uh, I don't know what Joe Mixon's doing. I don't know if you heard about it. But back in January, there was a lot of Twitter uh, uproar. Not uproar, but Twitter... How do I say it? The police department had him arrested but not arrested like questioned for a uh for menacing if that makes any sense for uh aggravated menacing uh against a bunch of kids playing nerf football oh no not nerf ball uh nerf dart guns or whatever it is out in front of his house so they're like running around the back shooting each other with dart guns and i think he thought they were real guns because supposedly uh, allegedly, he pulled out a real gun and like confronted the kids. And obviously, the kids are out there with their fucking Nerf guns, and they're like 12, 13, 14 years old, uh, running for their lives. And went and probably told mommy and daddy what happened. So a lot of questioning went on in January, and now uh, charges have been refiled. So he was a person of interest, and now he's not. So. Good for you, or not good for you, but good luck, man. I hope you're able to figure it out. That is probably part of the reason why the Bengals haven't committed to him long-term, is they don't know if they're going to commit to a guy who's got uh, um, uh, legal trouble coming their way. Uh, Tyreek Hill was quoted saying to a buddy that he just wants to play three more years, and he wants to retire in after the 2025 season, and he wants to retire young man. Right now he's 29 years old, three more years. That'll put him at about 32 years old, and that's a good time to retire in the NFL. He'll obviously play out his contract uh, with the Finns and, you know, uh, Nothing but positive things to say. I mean, I don't like the way that he was caught kicking that chick in the head. But, you know, I'll try to leave uh, personal life out of it. But as a player in the NFL, the guy's phenomenal. He's a game changer. He is a defensive nightmare the way that certain players are. I heard Jalen Ramsey saying they really only change the way they play the game for players like Tyreek Hill. Debo Samuel and uh, Devonte Adams and Hill is a stud. And if he wants to retire at 31 and he's got his money straight, he didn't fuck around with his money. Good for you, Tyreek, man. Go get it. Austin Eckler is more than likely going to remain in LA and that would be good for everybody because that's a good offense. He knows the offense. He's the number one guy. And by good for everybody, I mean, fantasy football. I mean, usually when a running back has to go somewhere new, it's never like a great team. You know, very rarely does Christian McCaffrey go from a lesser team to a great team. Usually it's, 
a running back wanting an extra $2 million a year will go to a dog shit team. And if he stays in L.A., I mean, he is easily in conversation to be the number one pick in the NFL, NFL fantasy football next year. It'll be between him and Christian McCaffrey. Excuse me, hit the wrong fucking button. All right, now we're going to move on. That's all I had for news. Uh, not a lot's going on besides people potentially getting arrested, and those people's name is Joe Mixon. Uh, this is Mike Clay's top 10 quarterbacks for fantasy football coming up this year. It's no shock they're going to lead off with Josh Allen. Josh Allen is is Josh Allen. He is a touchdown monster. He's a rushing monster. Kind of can't be stopped unless it's the actual playoffs, and then he'll end up choking in the playoffs. But as a fantasy football player, you can't deny it. He's simply the best out there. He'll get you that. He's got that huge base where he's going to run the ball a ton and obviously throw for a handful of touchdowns every game. And it's not like Pat Mahomes where sometimes Pat will fuck you. They'll hand the ball off, and he'll get three touchdowns on the ground. And since Pat doesn't rush, like, you know, that's a low day. And I think that's why Josh Allen's number one. Pat Mahomes, too. Jalen Hurts. Hurts, number three, Joe Burrow, four. And this is what I find funny. Mike Clay's got Lamar Jackson at five. I wonder if he's still, he's got to have him locked into the Ravens. If he's at number five, he has to be a Raven because that just doesn't make sense that a guy who's potentially a free agent is going to be the number five. I mean, you can't just plug and play a guy and go, yep, he's the number five, or maybe you can. Justin Fields is number six, Justin Herbert, seven. Trevor Lawrence, 8, Daniel Jones, 9, and Dak Prescott, 10. I can't believe that Mike Clay has Dak Prescott above Deshaun Watson. I had Dak Prescott last year and partially the year before. He is fucking terrible for fantasy football. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Dak Prescott. I don't know what he has for uh, Dak Prescott, but he's got him at 10, and Kirk Cousins all the way down at number 14. I'm not a fan of that. I, I would never take Dak Prescott. I would... If it came down to that, I would just literally play the waiver wire game and I would grab the best waiver wire guy uh, who has the best matchup every week than to spend um, probably eighth round pick on a fucking Dak Prescott. So that's who he has in his top 10. You have Josh Allen, uh, Pat Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, and Dak Prescott. Uh, moving on to his top 10 running backs, this is a lot more exciting than uh, quarterbacks because really you just spend up for those big three, uh, Hertz, Pat Mahomes, and of course Josh Allen. But this is where, you know, majority of these guys are going to be grabbed in like the first round. So number one, he's got Austin Eckler, and number two, Chris McCaffrey. I think those two are interchangeable. I think Chris McCaffrey has a worse um, medical history uh, getting hurt. I'd probably grab Austin Eckler at the 101 if I did get it, just because you have a better chance of him being healthy for the rest of the year because he really hasn't gone out like the way that Chris McCaffrey has to where a silly little high ankle sprain will take him out for like nine fucking weeks. So... There you go. Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Saquon Barkley. So it's kind of cool to see him all the way up that high again. And if he plays like last year, hell yeah, he is going to be the number three. Uh, Jonathan Taylor at four. Not sure how I feel about that, how you would grab a Jonathan Taylor over a Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or even a, uh, a Tony Pollard or Ken Walker. I'm kind of shocked he's that high. He had one good year, and then 
They have major quarterback issues going on in that um, that team. The offensive line has taken a huge step back. I don't think I'd spend the number four overall or a number or a premium pick on a Jonathan Taylor. And I hope he makes me eat my words. So number five is going to be Derrick Henry. They are talking about uh, Ryan Tannehill coming back, and that would be great for Henry because you need to respect the pass game if you're going to draft Derrick Henry. Otherwise, if you remember, if you had him at the end of last year when um, Ryan Tannehill was hurt, Derrick Henry was not Derrick Henry that you drafted to be in fantasy football. And hell, he wasn't even around for my championship game. Josh Jacobs in at six. Um, Man, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I do like... Uh, the, all the coaches are all the same. Uh, the team is almost the same minus the quarterback. I just don't think that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to check down the ball that the way that Derek Carr did. Or maybe that's just in the scheme to be able to do that. But I thought that was a Derek Carr kind of thing to check the ball down to Josh Jacobs to really give him that PPR boost that really helped him push him to, what was he, the number two or three running back last year? He was outstanding. And then number seven, Mike Clay's got Bijan Robinson. We don't even know what fucking team he's going to be on, and he's going to put him in at number seven. So I think that's kind of funny. I, You know what? I almost agree with it. Bijan is an absolute generational talent. He is like a Saquon Barkley. He is like a McCaffrey, but we just don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, number eight, we got Tony Pollard. I don't agree with this at all because Pollard got hurt late into the playoffs last year and he could be hurt for a while. And this is where he slips down a little bit and then nobody grabs him right away. And then they think they got value, but the reality is he's going to be playing hurt till probably like October. So he's almost off my draft board. If I have to spend a first round pick for it, fuck, if I got to spend a second round pick, I might not pick him up. Uh, Ken Walker's in at number nine for Seattle. I like that. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, because Damian Harris is gone at number 10. And then I'll just give you a quick overview. Uh, 11 is Dalvin Cook, 12 Nick Chubb, and Travis Etienne at 13. So there's your top 13 running backs. The reason I went a little bit deeper and not just top 10 all the way down is, I mean, running backs, all 13 of those are going to be gone in the first two rounds. You might as well talk about them because they're going quick. Fuck it. I'm going to go a little further. Aaron Jones at 14, Joe Mixon, legal trouble or not at 15, Najee Harris at 18. My, have the mighty have fallen. Najee Harris was like a top five pick last year. James Conner in at 17, Alvin Kamara, again, legal trouble in at 18, and DeAndre Swift. And finally at 20, we have Damian Pierce uh, for Houston. So there's your top 20 running backs, according to Mike Clay. And what I think is pretty fun to talk about, because I think I'm going to go heavy on wide receiver this year, is Justin Jefferson, number one, Cooper Cup, number two. And I'm not sure how I feel about Cooper Cup there. That's really high. And I can't really think about Matt Stafford, think about his health, his neck, his back, and think that I'm going to spend a top six or seven overall in Cooper Cup with a question mark at quarterback. Because when, when Matt Stafford went out, Cooper just wasn't I know we got injured pretty soon, but like it's just you need Stafford to make Cooper Cup Cooper Cup because when um oh, who I could see his face uh, Joff uh, Jared Goff when he was there Cooper Cup was great but he was not the number one wide receiver in the NFL. What I think really helped is the fact that Matt Stafford has this like affinity to throw the ball to Cooper Cup every five minutes and needs to it's like contractually obligated to give him 14 passes a game or at least targets and I just don't see that happening with a different quarterback there. Number three, Jamar Chase. Uh, number four, Tyreek Hill. I'm good with that. That all makes sense to me. Number five, not sure how I feel about this Jimmy Garoppolo thing with Devontae Adams. Is uh, Garoppolo's never sustained a top, you know, ten 
wide receiver consistently. I don't know how... I, I know the Raiders' defense is dog shit. I don't see them having a commanding league and running it out with defense in a run game the way that some teams do. I know they're going to have to play from behind a lot. I know uh, uh, the play call is going to be to Devontae Adams, but man, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not the quarterback I want if I want to pepper one target. So I'm not sure how I feel about that, especially because right behind him, they got Stefan Diggs with arguably the best fantasy football quarterback there is, Josh Allen, and then number six, CeeDee Lamb, and number seven. See, I love that. That means that you could go to a draft this year and walk away if you're drafting at the 11 or 12 with like Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs. I mean, holy shit, walking away, drafting at 11, getting those two guys would be amazing. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, 7, Amos St. Brown, 8, A.J. Brown, 9. I'm good with all those, especially uh, Detroit with Amos St. Brown because they don't have a dominant defense the way that Philly does. They're probably going to be playing from behind, which means throw it to St. Brown because he is a stud. And you have Jalen Waddell at number 10. Man, Tua's got a lot of work to do this year. If he's going to keep Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell as both top 10 wide receivers, Tua might be a great grab in like the eighth or ninth round. I think as long as he doesn't get bunked in the head, that'll be a great pickup. Moving on to tight ends, because that was your top 10 for wide receivers. I am going to go balls deep this year on Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey. I know he's getting older, which means he may be more available in the back end of the first round, beginning of the second. Everybody thinks he's eventually going to fall off, but his stats get better every year. It's like Frank Gore. He just ain't going to retire no matter how old he is. And Kansas City has not done a lot to boost their offense. Therefore, you know, you're going to need to pepper Travis Kelsey. If he's healthy and upright, which he kind of always is healthy and upright, you're going to have the best advantage in fantasy football. I mean, how often last year did you play against some guy with Travis Kelsey? And it's like, in your mind, you know you already lost by 10 points. Like, he immediately had an additional 10 points you weren't going to have because you can't rely on Andrews, you can't rely on Kittle, you can't rely on Waller. You get lucky sometimes with Dalton Schultz or Goddard. Like, you just can't rely on that. But when you have Travis Kelsey, you're guaranteed, like, an additional 10 points that your opponent does not have. And I'm going to spend balls deep in auction on Travis Kelsey. I think he's a great uh, asset. I think I'd grab him probably six overall. I really would, and that's what I plan to do if I am drafting there. If I'm a little bit higher than that, if I'm at like the four, I'll go wide receiver. If I'm like one through three, I'm going to go running back. But I love Travis Kelsey this year. Mark Andrews is number two. TJ Hawkinson, number three. I agree with all that. Darren Waller, they got above George Kittle. Not sure how I feel about that because Darren Waller has a new quarterback. Uh, George Kittle uh, does have uh, Purdy. When Purdy stepped in, he actually used George Kittle, especially in the red zone, and made him a, an absolute beast. He was like the number two tight end once Purdy got in there. But if Purdy's not there and we got to deal with the Trey Lance shit show, that I'm not excited about George Kittle. Number six, we got Goddard. Number seven, Kyle Pitts. I, fuck, <laughs> Kyle Pitts. What a letdown last year. If you drafted him in the third or fourth round, you were fucking pissed. <laughs> number eight, Pat Fryer move. Number nine, Everett Ingram. Everett Ingram, man, he like got me to a championship. He, he just, every time I played him, he just came away with a touchdown and he really helped me out. And I don't know why he's got him all the way down at nine. I'd probably grab Evan Ingram over probably Kyle Pitts for our youth. Yeah, I'd bump him all the way up to number five or six, but that's just me. Uh, then you got um, uh, David Njoku and Cleveland at 10. So there's your top 10 there. You got Kelsey, 
Andrews, TJ, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, Evan Ingram, and don't forget about Mr. Najoko. But that's what I got for your wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and running backs. That is your top 10, according to Mike Clay. Of course, it's all going to change. I'm very curious where B. John Robinson ends up. Uh, I just want to say uh, great job, John Elway. Hell of a career as a quarterback. Amazing career as a uh, GM for the first five years. And yeah, I know a lot of people are going to give you shit over Russell Wilson. But you know what? If if my choices were, I mean, who'd you have that year? Like Trevor Simeon and... I mean, you just didn't have a quarterback forever, man. I, I would have made a play for Russell Wilson, too. I'm not a GM, but maybe Pete Carroll knew exactly what he was doing. Maybe he knew he had a system quarterback, and he could flip him for several first-round picks and multiple uh, seconds, and, and he did it. And good for Pete. You know, bad on you, Mr. Elway. But you know what? The other, the other years that you put in were outstanding. Uh, I want to wish everybody a phenomenal weekend. Have a happy Easter, a merry Easter, amazing Easter, and take care.